Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Black Girl Politics Podcast. Yes, we hope you had a happy and safe holiday. Have a safe new year because we'll be out before new year. Yes, New Year's is soon. Drew and I actually got to go home for the holidays, which we didn't think we would, so shout out to Southwest Airlines. <laughs> well, not the fact that they are not blocking out the middle seat. I was sitting next to people and stuff, but I got yeah. to get an aisle seat, so like everybody wasn't breathing on me. But I had a full-blown, Drew pa- knows this, and my parents know this, <laughs> but I had a full-blown panic attack like on the way there, and I don't even know, I mean, I know why, because I've had bad experiences flying before, but like... It was pretty ridiculous, and it made me feel really stupid, but I, like, could not rationalize to myself that I was okay. Like, I was sitting there staring at the flight attendants who were on the plane all the time, and everyone around me was acting completely normal, and I was literally, like, <gasps> like trying to breathe. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I almost threw up at one point because I was just working myself up, but I was fine on the way back. I think I just needed that moment of kind of, like, wildness, but I don't know what that was. It was... I don't like flying. It's not my thing. Yeah, and then flying in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Oof. Anxiety, it was not, it was, it was bad. It so, was bad. yeah, they're like, you can't wear those masks that, like, ventilate, but you can wear neck gaiters. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yes, the ventilation masks are bad, but, like, neck gaiters, you might as well be raw dog in the air. <laughs> the flight attendant on my flight, like, came over to the intercom at one point and was like, we want you all to sleep and get some rest, but just because you're asleep does not mean you can't have a mask on. I'm like, who was taking their mask off to sleep? Like, y'all are... That's a mess. That's but... <laughs> it. Let me snore out loud. <laughs> <laughs> right, let me breathe all heavy out loud. Like, with, with no mask. Like, don't even. And that is a short flight. What kind Literally. of nap? Girl, I had to knock myself out because I wasn't going to be okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to be okay. But that was our holidays. Hopefully everybody else had a good, safe holiday and continues to do so with the new year coming up. I don't know. I'm very happy that it's almost not 2020, but I mean, it's not going to like things are going to be fixed, but like this year has been so notoriously bad that like I'm just ready for a new date. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 2020 was something. It came, <laughs> listen, 2020 came and swinging. It did. Jada and I got so drunk last year, blackout drunk. I was very drunk. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I called my mom and told her how drunk I was. Oof. That was very embarrassing. And, never mind, because <laughs> I was about to tell a story to y'all, but it was involving somebody who is probably going to listen, so I don't want And you here. need to maybe stop talking about on the podcast but um we're gonna before we incriminate ourselves any further we are gonna jump into today's episode so today we're gonna be talking to you all about our government's inability to help their starving citizens and our own ability or inability to take care of ourselves during this wild time and we are having a user submitted topic with a very special guest uh y'all find out when y'all listen yes so remember if you also have a topic suggestion or a question or comment you can hit up our email at blackgirlpoliticspodcast at gmail.com 
our Instagram at BGP pod or our Twitter at BGP podcast to let us know what you want to hear. Yes, let's get into it. Get into it. Get into it. So, let's start talking about taking care of yourself in the pandemic. We're at the end of the year and, you know, people love to post their accomplishments at the end of the year to see what they've done, um, how they've gotten through this year, and a lot of people have achieved some great things, especially to be in the middle of a pandemic, but a lot of people's success was stagnant, for lack of a better term, but it's important to take care of yourself and, like, not compare what you're doing to what everyone else is doing, because, like, this is not a marathon, and being alive at the end of this year when what 300,000 people have died is an achievement in itself um so just like going back to the mental health 53% of Americans have said their mental health has been negatively impacted by COVID um I know for sure mine has Jada has we live together and working on a campaign not being able to leave your house because we're working seven days a week in the middle of a pandemic was something yeah and like not to mention on top of that it was like we were in the house in march i moved at like the end of may and then george floyd happened and we were basically at protests for like two or three weeks straight and then we're and then on top of that working seven days a week 70 hours a week so like it was to say that this year was hard would be an understatement and that was like outside of just the fact that everybody was getting sick and people were dying and like family members were getting COVID and people that like you know and love are like getting sick and passing away like that's outside from all of that so yeah like I don't know my favorite thing they say is don't let LLC Twitter <laughs> like convince you that you haven't done anything with your time because oh my god the way in March everyone was like if you don't come out of this pandemic with a new skill or a new hobby or $500,000 in the bank like you failed at life and it's like wait yeah, a I'm just trying to come out of this pandemic <laughs> literally like 300,000 people in America alone haven't made it out of this and like globally we're at over one and a half million deaths like that's that is crazy like to even think about so it's like just give yourself a pat on the back for just surviving at this point because it's it's bad yeah it's really bad we lost great athletes great actors this year has been whew, something yeah. but um just going back to self-care I'm going to give you all some self-care tips, and um, Jada wants to add in. She can go ahead. Take a walk, like, if, especially if you're working from home. Try to get a change of scenery, like, maybe not go to coffee shops or, like, go to outdoor coffee shops if it's warm enough, but, like, if you have a community room at your apartment, go there. Um, if you have a patio, try to go there. Do not work from your bed. Keep your laptop away from your bed, actually, if you can. And then also treat yourself. So, like, for me, treating myself is shopping. But whatever treat yourself means to you, go ahead and do that. So if that's, like, making dinner for yourself, do whatever you need to treat yourself. Practice self-care. And then pick up a nice socially distant hobby 
I during the pan, beginning of the pandemic, I picked up crocheting. Um, I did not make a single thing because I couldn't figure out how to do it. But I got a bunch of supplies and tried. And then also, like, take some time off of social media and from watching the news, reading news articles. Because, like, every day it's like, oh, we hit a new milestone with deaths. Or, like, we hit a new milestone with uh, unemployment or, like, people losing their homes. Like, that becomes overwhelming. So feel free to give yourself a break. Jenna, do you have self-care tips? I would just say this is very do as I say, not as I do, because I, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, was, like, not good at taking care of myself. And even still, like, something I struggle with, like, at very first, I was was in the camp that was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, like, use this time to be better. And I started, like, running and stuff every day and making a habit out of that. And that was great. And it was, like... It was good for me, and I still love to run, although I have an ankle injury (laughs) that I feel like I'll never heal from. But, like, I still love to run and stuff. It's just, like, it's also okay if self-care for you is, like, going, getting out of bed and, like, going, getting in the shower today. Like, that's also okay because there are definitely days where, like, you didn't, like, at least for me, like, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to, like do anything and (laughs) I still did it and I probably did it very robotically and like not to the best of my ability so um I just also want to say like practice self-care like Julia was saying like in whatever that means to you because I feel like there's so much toxic like self-care culture even where it's just like take care of yourself like do a bubble bath drink a glass of wine but it's like not actually taking care of yourself And, like, sometimes taking care of yourself means you need to take the day off of work. But, obviously, some people's circumstances, like, prevent them from doing that. So, it's just about finding ways that you can, like, help yourself to feel more normal. And, like, also, if your employer or, like, the people that you are around or live around, whatever it is, can't, like, understand the fact that what we're experiencing right now isn't normal... I'm, I, look, I don't want to say I'm sorry because I feel like that's been my experience, but, (laughs) like, I don't know. I feel for you and just know that, like, if you need to be shady and just not work for a little bit and say that you're doing it, do that. Like, like we said, do what you have to do to get through. Like, I was doing some therapy this year and my therapist was very much on the lines of, like, you're in survival mode. Like, just do what you have to do to survive and if that means doing the bare minimum of what you have to do every day then that's what it means and you should be proud of that because you wouldn't be doing that before and like your mental space doesn't want you to be able to like take care of yourself and go brush your teeth and go take a shower or clean your room like so just know that those things are also like those are also self-care yeah I think we live in a very self-care toxic society where like People have framed self-care around doing lavish things for yourself when sometimes it's just doing the bare minimum. Again, getting up, getting in the shower. Like, Jed and I lived together in my room was a disaster. Why? Because I wasn't practicing self-care. So I think just go ahead and do your normal routine and, like, ensure that you have a routine for yourself. Um, instead of prioritizing 
especially these big corporations that we work for, these big organizations, because guess what? If you quit or if they fire you, the next day they'll have somebody else in your spot. So do not kill yourself over working for these companies and organizations. Yeah, and, like, obviously people have to bring money home, and especially now when it's, like, when it's so hard. But, yeah, like Jerry was saying, just try to take care of yourself as much as humanly possible. And if no one else is there for you, we're there for you. And, yeah. Just to go back to, like, what we've all kind of been going through this year, the former U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, he's actually tried to signal that loneliness is a legitimate public health concern that has come out of this pandemic that will actually could actually lead to a shorter lifespan, could lead to greater risk for mental and physical illness, and this is, this is something that we all need to keep in mind because, like, it's I think the the moral of the story is just like it's okay what you're feeling like you're not don't gaslight yourself yes (laughs) like what you're experiencing if you're anxious what is it 37.7 percent of adults in the u.s have reported symptoms of anxiety and or depression which and it was 11 percent in 2019 that's a 27 percent increase just this year in folks feeling like they've had feelings of anxiety or depression like do not gaslight yourself into thinking that's not normal or like I'm not going through anything or like oh a family member of mine hasn't died or nobody's been sick so like what I'm feeling can't be real like no what we're going through right now is not normal it's not normal (laughs) to not have your therapist um to not have your church if you go to church to not have your friends to not have this the outlets that we usually do and it's even it's even harder to see people like resume life as usual while Uh, (laughs) others are acting like they're in a pandemic still yeah um so yeah don't gaslight yourself like what you're going through what you're feeling is real and it's justified and we feel you yeah and just going back to like not being able to see your therapist i was telling jada when I'm on the phone with my therapist, when I was on the phone with my therapist for tele, for televisits, I felt I told her I feel like I'm on Facetime with my friend. Like this does not even feel like therapy. It was n- not even worth it. Well, like it was nice to talk to somebody outside of my friends who didn't know what was happening. Cause my favorite thing is to talk about myself. But <laughs> yeah, it's just not normal. Like Zoom church is not fun at all yeah and it's like all this stuff at first like I was so into too like we were both going to zoom church like (laughs) I definitely was doing therapy just because I think like I I needed it but I so could have benefited from like actually speaking to a person physically um but yeah like just like we tried to normalize it at first and then I think once we realized like oh we're six months in and nothing has changed like we're still doing our jobs online we're still doing everything online things are still closed or not at full capacity and it's like yeah that's when I I don't know that's when I just started kind of being like okay I'm over all this and now I'm just more in the place of like I'm gonna try to wake up and like get in the shower and like wash my face every day like that's a win to me yeah the I think what I realized like everything went downhill is celebrities stopped doing concerts. They stopped, <laughs> they, Debbie Allen stopped having dance classes. They stopped doing watch parties. Like, celebrities pretty much picked their li- lives up as usual. And I'm like, oh. Remember the Imagine video? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> and John Mayer was singing Imagine by Ariana Grande because they didn't tell him which Imagine it was. <laughs> you know, for these celebrities, for these celebrities to be um, such capitalists, they really love singing Imagine, a song about communism. Imagine all the people. But just um, finishing up here, I think just ensure that you take care of yourself. Like, self-care is literally taking care of yourself. Yep. Surviving 2020 is enough. Just do that. Just get through it. If you get through it, you have won because that is so much more than a lot of people can say about this year. So we're lucky to even have made it to what... December 27th, we're recording this. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared to jinx it. I can't even say that I made it to 2020 yet. <laughs> yeah, we, we still got know. four days. <laughs> we still got four days. Okay, so um, we're still talking about the pandemic. <laughs> How can we not talk about the pandemic? But this time we're talking about something, well, none of it's really our fault, but something that's really not in our control sadly um it's impacting us heavily heavily, very heavily very heavily congress has been going back and forth for months now about whether to give american citizens their own money back during a global pandemic meanwhile while they're fighting over whether people should get six hundred dollars or two thousand dollars or no dollars as some people would have it in the senate moscow mitch <clears throat> it's all these freaking Republican senators are they're just top tier terrible like the fact that we agree with Trump <laughs> like we anyway anyway moving on these people who are over here fighting and debating about whether people deserve $600 or $2,000 or $0 are collecting six figure paychecks while they sit here and decide whether we deserve any of our money back and it's infuriating and it should be to everybody else too and as of we're recording this actually they just signed the bill trump just signed um the 600 dollars checks because you know mitch mcconnell wouldn't bring 2000 to the floor no shock there but there was kind of a worry when trump wasn't signing the bill that like we would get nothing and again it's like this whole idea that six thousand or six hundred is better than zero dollars, which it is. Yeah, it is objectively better a six hundred dollar check in people's hands than than nothing. But it's not two thousand dollars, and it's not like there's a bipartisan majority for two thousand dollar checks. Yeah, but we can't send it to the floor because Mitch McConnell has control of the Senate, and it's just it's really despicable because so many people are hurting like. Jerry and I just talked about the ways people are hurting personally, like, through mental health and not being able to take care of themselves in the same way, but also people are hurting economically. Like, people literally can't put food on the table. People are standing in bread lines like they were in the 1930s in the Great Depression. Like, food banks are overwhelmed, and, like, all of these... It has just this ripple effect on everybody because these people just aren't able to do the basic thing and just take care of their people while we're in this time of like not knowing what the hell is going on yeah meanwhile they're like bailing out big corporations jeff bezos became a trillionaire he's on he's on pace oh he's on pace 
very cool. he's on pace to become a trillionaire by like 2026 yeah which is crazy he's made like hundreds of billions of dollars during the pandemic yeah and he just gave away half his fortune to his ex-wife so i keep hearing in the news how it's like both sides can never come to a consensus on what the about how much money we're gonna get and like that narrative is simply false kamala suggested two thousand dollars monthly in march was it march or april um, AOC has been screaming from the rooftops. AOC, the squad, genuinely, <laughs> have been screaming from the rooftops. Pay people to stay home and these numbers will decrease. They won't pay people. That's to- what the economists are saying. Like, mm-hmm. it's not even the politicians. It's like literally, <laughs> literally the scientists are saying, pay people to stay home and you won't see the numbers and the deaths that you do. And the economy will literally move. But all we, I keep seeing like, people tweet about how like ALC or like Ilhan aren't doing their jobs when like they are the I'm pretty sure ALC and Ayana I might be wrong are the ones who drafted the um the amendment for checks for $2,000 checks at that yeah I believe so too yeah so I think this whole narrative that both sides are wrong is extremely problematic it's creating a bunch of distrust for democratic politicians and it'll hinder them in the long run and i feel like similar to what we dealt with in the um presidential if they don't speak out and say like hey this is misinformation it could cost them seats yeah and it's just not true like (laughs) it's just not true like I mean, okay, and, like, so much of it has to do with people just not fully understanding how their government works, and, like, again, we could go into for hours how that's that's systemic in and of itself. Like, yeah. Yeah, if you don't know how it works, then you're easier to trick, <laughs> honestly. Um, and so, like, again, that's, that's normal, but it is really frustrating to see the media who does know better, like, painting this narrative out to folks who consume this media, saying things like, like work harder and like do your jobs and like these this compromise is not enough for people and like we know it's not enough but i will just like to remind people democrats in the house passed a three trillion dollar bill that was then brought down to two trillion that was then brought down to nine or actually i think it was 600 billion that they then brought back up to 900 billion like it's again it's one thing to just like leave that stuff out and you can't really blame the general public for not like fully understanding or capturing that because the media and like these journalists aren't they're painting it as like this both sides issue and i hate i hate this so much because they've done this throughout trump's entire presidency is like folks are so worried about looking biased journalists are so worried about looking biased or coming off as having some sort of bias towards democrats that they will literally just put Republican points of view into things as if they're like at the same standing. And again, it's just not, it's just not that. Like, it's very frustrating because like Jerry has said, people have been in the house the most, the mo- Nancy Pelosi voted for a $3 trillion <laughs> bill. Like, it's not even just the progressive people have been fighting for this in the house for months, for months. And like, then the second that that a $600 bill passes after months and months of being like no action by the Senate or anything 
now that we're getting something, people are like, why didn't the Democrats push hard enough? Why didn't the Democrats push hard enough? And it's just like, <sighs> it's just the whole political process is very inaccessible to the average American without a lot of education, which is a problem in and of itself. But yeah, this is not a both sides thing. And progressives, Democrats in general, even like, a lot of Republicans have been Literally. fighting for this money. If Donald Trump is saying give people money, um, I'm pretty sure these Republicans, Donald Trump agreeing with Democrats, these Republicans are on the wrong side. Mitch McConnell's on the wrong side. Mitch McConnell should not have enough power to sit there and hold bills on his desk because the president can't even do that. That have not even hold bills on his desk, but hold like literally hold back legislation that has bipartisan majorities that would pass in both houses that would be signed into law by the president one person elected in one state 40 40 billion fucking years ago has the entire senate and therefore the entire country underneath his his thumb and again this there are so many conversations we could have like why is the senate a thing like <laughs> we could go into this forever but, but these are the circumstances we're yeah. in and we have to talk about the situation truthfully or people will be misinformed they'll have misplaced anger and they won't be able to actually advocate for themselves the way that they need to because people i see people literally going off and tweeting ilhan and ayana presley and aoc and these are not the folks you should be mad at of course if these are your representatives please call them and tell them your opinions we need engaged people like yes absolutely do that but have that smoke with Mitch McConnell. Have Literally. that smoke with all these representatives who are voting against your rights. Against you get the money back that you pay because guess because these Kanye West got what three million dollars during the first stimulus. And they'll literally go on forever about how like we can't spend this much money because of the deficit, the deficit, the deficit. They don't care about the deficit because they passed a two, $2 trillion in tax cuts for rich people. And like, you a don't, crap ton of military spending. You, and Yeah, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. We could literally do a whole episode on that because <laughs> I have so much beef with the defense budget, but it's very frustrating. So I get, like, I get the misplaced anger to a certain extent because like the media is portraying this as a both sides issue so it's yeah. like and it's not it just fully isn't but so i guess my beef is really just like with the way that this has been portrayed um and like the whole thing the whole thing has honestly been a mess like we can say that the whole we we have other countries who who have actually been able to take care of their people um i was looking at an article and there i think they referenced the BBC that um, kind of projected, I guess, the numbers that um, that folks were given in other countries. And I just want to tell you guys what people in other countries were receiving while American politicians were fighting over whether we should get $600 over nine months. Okay, Hong Kong gave people the equivalent of $1,280 per adult. Japan, $930 per adult. Singapore, $422 per adult. South Korea's government sent $820 checks to families in the bottom 70% of income brackets. Canada, they came, they um, had relief in the form of $1,400 per month for four months. 
Costa Rica also did something similar with monthly aid where they sent $220 to their people. The UK was paying 80% of folks' salaries while they were out of work. We are we are fighting over whether folks deserve $600 from April to now. And not even everybody. Like, college students who live alone but are claimed as dependents because their parents help pay their tuition or, like, they need their parents' taxes for FAFSA are getting nothing. Absolutely nothing. Getting nothing whatsoever. People who literally just graduated from school. People who do not have... How we kind of talked about touched on this last week. How can you get a job right now? Yeah, and then it go, even going back to students, like a lot of students are on campus workers, but campus is not open. Most campuses aren't open, or if they are open, they're open to a very, very limited capacity. It's frustrating because, like, the moratorium's about to expire. That didn't get renewed, did it? In the bill, nope. no, so. Yeah, the rent moratorium is about to expire. We're about to have another housing crisis. It's probably worse than the one in 2008. Our homelessness crisis is about to skyrocket. You guys will literally see, like, it will happen as the clock turns midnight because these landlords don't care. The only reason they haven't been evicting people is because right now they legally cannot. The second the clock strikes January 1st, they're sending the email that has an eviction notice. They're putting a pink slip on your door. It's over for people. And it's very frustrating to know that our government just doesn't care. Like, we, they got 600 extra dollars in unemployment for four months. <laughs> they let that expire. They got one $1,200 check. And then it took them nine more months to pass another $600. People are getting 1800 People who actually will receive the money. I won't. <laughs> people who actually will receive the money will be getting $1,800 over the course of this year for what happened. Yeah, that's like $2 a day. Someone um, posted about how you can sponsor an American for $2 a day. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Somebody needs to make that, like, a commercial like they used to have. Yeah. But, yeah, and even, like, piggybacking off of, like, landlords evicting people, like, people are going to lose their homes. And all these rich people who are going to be the only people with money are going to buy up all these properties for super cheap yep. and raise the rent. enormously and this is about to be like the great depression so stay tuned yeah it's gonna be really bad and especially in places where rent's already outrageous yeah new york new york california like all of those places are gonna be hit extra hard especially california like we're the they've done nothing to address homelessness across the state especially in los angeles county but like the way that homelessness is going to look Everywhere, but like I just think about California specifically because they're just so terrible at handling a crisis yeah. there. But like the way that this is gonna look come January and February, like homelessness is going to be is going to be an epidemic in in this country. It really is. It already is, and it's gonna be even worse. There are gonna be kids living on the street. There's gonna be literal women, vulnerable people on the street through no fault of their own, literally because their government wouldn't help them because their landlords decided they would take advantage of them after the moratorium expired. And, like, it is just, again, all of it's so frustrating and disheartening, but the worst thing is for people to just not know about it or for people to just act like it's not happening because it's all very big and it's all, like, 
Jiria and I sitting here right now can't make sure that every American gets $1,200 or $2,000 that they deserve, but if we can, like, help people understand that it's not okay that they're not receiving this, like, that's, that's good. I want everyone to understand that it's not normal that they didn't receive $1,200 or $2,000 a month during this pandemic from the richest country in the history of the world. And what pisses me off, like, to the most, like, pisses me off so bad, I pay around $1,000 in taxes a month. Like, about a quarter of my salary goes to taxes. And you're not redistributing these taxes to your people? It's money that's ours. Yeah. That they're debating over whether we should get back. And that's what's frustrating. Meanwhile, they're signing it all off to corporations. They're signing it off to the U.S. military. Because they keep talking about... And they're saying that we don't have the money for it. (laughs) And they keep talking about acting like it's tricking the economics. That shit does not work! Girl, they know it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. They just want an excuse to give rich people money. Yeah, but... Just more of a reason about the shameless plug. Um, if you are from Flo- from Georgia, <laughs> make sure you co- get out and vote for um, Reverend Warnock and John Ossoff. Seriously. Because they believe y'all should get paid monthly payments. <laughs> Literally. Until the pandemic is over. And that also includes back payments for the for the time that we have not we have not been paid. Like these are all things that we deserve but that we legitimately cannot get as long as Mitch McConnell has control of the Senate. And that's terribly undemocratic. It's awful, but it's the truth and it's where we are. And unfortunately, just about everything rests on these two Senate races for the next two years. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I'm still pissed. No pressure to us or anything. Jerry and I wanted to take a quick break from the show to tell you guys about a cool black business. So Flora Fruit Co. is a fruit subscription-based business based out of Wisconsin. They will provide high-quality assorted fruit boxes to your doorstep weekly, bi-weekly, or upon request, making it easy and convenient to get more fruit into your diet. When you choose Flora, you're choosing convenience. Everyone knows the consumption of fruit is an essential part of a healthy lifestyle, and Flora makes it easier for you. When you choose Flora, you're choosing a better you. You can order your first box at florafruitco.com. That's F-L-O-R-A fruitco.com. Now, moving on, we are we have a very special guest. Um, her name is Alex. Alex and I have been friends for about five-ish years. I'm not sure, Alex. You can go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, I think it's been five, six, something like that. Um, yeah, I am Alexandra Millette, um, otherwise known as Alex. I am a senior at the University of Wisconsin-Madison studying journalism with certificates in educational policy studies and criminal justice. I am from Milwaukee, graduated from Brown Deer High School. Um... I love Jesus. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, Alex is, she's my innocent friend. Good person, (laughs) 12 out of 10. (laughs) But we are going to be talking about cancel culture. So I think we should 
kind of explain what cancel culture is before we get to diving in. I think cancel culture is um, Gen Z and millennials way of holding people accountable, especially celebrities who believe that they are invincible. Um, Not only celebrities, but like politicians and higher up people. How would you define cancel culture, Alex? Um, I guess I would define cancel culture of when people are like unpleased with what something someone said, whether in the present or in the past, and them deciding that that person like no longer decide, no longer like deserves to be like in the position that they're in, like, and so they're like canceled from that. I think it's a form. I mean. We've all kind of said the same thing in so many words, but I think it's like a form of ostracism, like almost, I think because cancel culture is more, I think, performed, I would say, by like young people, like I feel like it's a modern form of ostracism, almost like a, like a scarlet letter type of thing where like if you get canceled once, like maybe your career isn't over, but now you constantly have this like thing against you. So yeah, that's, I guess, how I would define it. But I think a really interesting question about cancel culture is, like, who can be canceled? Because Jiria mentioned, like, it's a way to, like, hold politicians or folks of power accountable. But has cancel culture also, like, extended into just, like, normal people? Like, I don't know, I see people on TikTok... Like, who are just normal, everyday people. I'm thinking about that, like, auntie girl. Like, Auntie Amanda. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Who, like, she was just, like, a TikTok auntie who had, like, a couple million followers and would just, like, do her eating videos on TikTok. And then all this stuff came out about how she was at this Trump party on election night and, like, stuff came out about her friends uh, using racial slurs And all of a sudden, like, Auntie Amanda, like, loses her following and, like, it's this whole thing on TikTok. So, I don't know. I I think it's more more so people with platforms than it is people with power. I guess platforms give you a semblance of power in a way, but I don't know. I'm interested in what you guys think about that, about, like, who actually can be canceled. Yeah, I think people with platforms are also, like, during the pandemic and stuff, I've canceled some of my friends and, like... Well, they're not my friends anymore, but, (laughs) like, seeing people, like, disregard human life and, like, even, like, different organizations and stuff, I quote-unquote canceled them, and I feel like it wasn't necessarily productive, I want to say, every time, but also it does not align with, like, morals and things that I believe in, so I cancel them I don't know if you can but like does cancel culture work if it's not public ostracism like if it's not if it's just you canceling somebody (laughs) like does anyone care no like what do you think Alex I think that I guess for like the example that like Jada brought up it just made me think people are like giving us access to their lives like they don't have to do that and like especially people that like aren't necessarily famous right and then for the internet to go like oh like we're gonna like you but oh we're gonna take that back because it's something that we found out that we're not a fan of I think it just goes to show how like for lack of a better term how like wishy-washy 
the generation is of picking and choosing when they want to engage with people and not engage with people. I think it's a lot about people just wanting to be comfortable and not necessarily people really holding too many convictions, if that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely get that. Like, I honestly, I kind of agree with that in so many terms, too, because I think at the end of the day, like, we're all people, and, like, if we've all done things that we aren't proud of, and like Alex said, like, some people definitely, like, make a decision to share, like, parts of themselves that they don't necessarily have to. But then I also think, like, to that same accord, when you have millions of eyeballs on you like there is there is a form of power that comes with that like a sort of responsibility maybe it's a responsibility that nobody asked for I think a lot of times it is a responsibility that nobody asked for but I don't know I like with great power comes great responsibility yeah that's fair but I don't know I definitely see where Alex is coming from too because I feel like people don't have to give us access to themselves and like if we if every bad thing we ever did was put on blast yeah how would we have that same smoke I don't know that I would (laughs) that's very true but there's also like an accountability portion that needs that's supposed to come with cancel culture but like people never actually end up getting canceled but like I think cancel culture is more so hey what you did is not okay and we're gonna hold you accountable by like withholding sales or like not going to see that movie that you were in or not re-electing you and I think holding people accountable is important because if you don't they will continue that same behavior but I don't think necessarily cancel culture is creating space for people to grow or change because it just cuts them off from where they're at from what they said in the past or recently so I don't think it really creates room for people to grow and have conversation that people just don't want to hear from you ever again I don't think that cancel culture necessarily or like canceling means forever I think it means for a period of time like go do some work on it and then come back but I know that's probably not the reality for most people. Yeah. That's not what most people think. I was going to say, I don't know that that's, like, actually the conversation that's happening on Twitter, though, yeah. when somebody, like, gets canceled. Like, but then I think about people... Okay, now I, I almost want to shift gears into, like... Because I feel like we're talking about maybe, like, ordinary people or people who, like, have a lot of, like, fame or popularity and then, like, something about their past comes out or they do something or say something and, like... It changes people's perception of them. But what about people who are, like, who, like, should be canceled? Okay, my I'm thinking, like, Chris Brown. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking Chris Brown, right? So, like, this is somebody who has shown on numerous occasions he has abusive personality. Like, he has harmed more than one wo- woman. And he has, harmed Frank Ocean, and Frank Ocean he, does not leave his home. <laughs> he, like, and so there's like all these and then had like all these opportunities for like public growth and I would say honestly like in some areas like tried to improve and then maybe fell off the wagon whatever it might have been publicity whatever but like so what do we do with people who like like who repeat this bad behavior who who don't like show this attitude or like want for improvement like I don't know. I feel like cancel culture doesn't achieve any end there either because Chris Brown still has this career. He largely hasn't really had to answer for a lot of the stuff that he's done unless, I mean, 
with like restraining orders and like a little bit of community service. Yeah. <laughs> but like I don't know. I feel like accountability accountability is good. That's what we want. I don't know if cancel culture as it exists like gets us there. But also he's never actually been canceled. Like what he constantly does the same thing and like his sales get higher because they're like these girls are lying or like these girls deserved it. But with Daniel Caesar when he said all that self-hating stuff about black women he sold like 10 albums the next time and he came back and like apologized and is acting like he's on the road I don't know if he is but is acting like he's on the road to like learning more about black women and loving black women and I think that's kind of to Jada's point of like cancel culture doesn't achieve anything if Chris Brown is still selling millions of um, albums and there seems to be like what like you say the goal is accountability but I don't know I've never seen that played out actually so like I feel like we have to deal with what's actually happening with cancel culture not just like our or your individual like higher ideal of it I feel like like on the ground accountability isn't happening people just want to I feel like want to say quick stuff for Twitter and like the internet which is like I mean what it's for but if we're talking about long-term gains of people growing and being held accountable and like there being room for redemption, I don't think we've seen any of that in cancel culture. Yeah, so that goes to my next question. What does like the alternative look like to you then? I think the biggest alternative is how do we think of room for a redemption? I said that earlier, but because I just don't think it solves anything to cancel anyone I mean even like we want to connect it to like the criminal justice system and how we know like throwing people away and just cutting them off from society doesn't change anything it makes it worse if anything right so I think we need to be consistent inside like our politics of like even how we treat people and so considering like things like restorative justice what does it look like for these people to have conversations with communities that that they've har- that they've harmed with their words or their actions and then grow from that and then change and then pe- like people are like are able to see that so I, I think feel even like the language of cancel like to me it sounds aggressive and it, it's just not getting to any end that's going to be restorative for anybody yeah I think a good example of what she said was Kobe Bryant and his rape case like yeah, he had it. No, he never actually got canceled, but he did a complete reform. He did work on with sexual assault with women and became like a nice a g- girl dad and um, a feminist and role model like, for men. He also men. acknowledged directly the woman that he harmed. If I am, if yeah. I remember correctly, he did. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so I mean, yeah, you're right. Like that's an example of like how people can like learn I guess learn and like grow from the things that like the public either like sometimes the public deems is bad sometimes like is just objectively bad yeah (laughs) yeah that's very true honestly I'm very much thinking about this differently because I feel like I was very on the camp of like 
cancel them now. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, like, one to say a bunch of slick stuff on Twitter or anything like that. And I think, like, cancel, cult, cancel culture does go too far because, like, we've been kind of outlining the whole time. It doesn't really, like, work in so many words. Um, but, I mean, I can't, I would be lying if I wasn't, like, oh, yeah, like, this person's canceled, like, and they, they just never actually are. Yeah. But are there things that, like, when you personally cancel someone, are there things that are, like, unredeemable? Um, for me, no. Um, I know it's easier said than done, but I think just with, like, my, like, Christian worldview, I can't say that nothing is redeemable or, like, unredeemable because, like, Christ forgave it all. So I think that's, like, that's my worldview. And I think, like I said, easier said than done, but I think it takes a lot of, like, intentional decisions to, like, remember that people are are worthy of grace, even, like, for the worst of things. Yeah, that's that's very that's a word because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no because like i feel like it like alex is saying it's really easy to to have these like exceptions about people like oh i don't know it, it's just really easy to have exceptions about like who is or is not worthy but it's at the end of the day like every single person has a story that led them to like where they are and like the decisions that they made whether they're awful and like we can't understand or fathom them or not but yeah i don't know it's just i guess to me there is there is stuff there isn't necessarily stuff that's unforgivable or unredeemable to me there is stuff that that makes you unworthy of a platform um there is stuff that makes you unworthy of having millions of eyeballs people looking at you r kelly yeah (laughs) people like that it's not okay. He hurt so many people, so many people for so many years. And no, I don't think that I, listen, I don't think people should rot in jail for the rest of their lives, no matter what they did. So (laughs) I don't believe that for him either, but I don't think that people should stream his music. Like, I don't think that people should. His music should not be on these platforms. Yeah, his music shouldn't even be on these platforms. Like, I think we need to have a conversation about about what that sort of accountability looks like because somebody like R. Kelly can be quote-unquote canceled, but if we're, like, if you're still here in Ignition at the barbecue and that (laughs) that revenues... And it's going right to his pockets. It's not even going to his kids. Like, at least with Michael Jackson or, like, these other dead people who have harmed people, the revenue is going to their kids or, like, their estate. But, like, this money is going directly to paying R. Kelly's bills. His, yeah. or his, what is he, his bail, or his lawyer fees, or whatever. <laughs> whatever, but... We need to be going to some reading classes, but... Yeah, so I guess that's kind of where I stand on it, but I think the two are not the same. <laughs> you are so... I don't even... I didn't realize what you even just said. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> like, I just think... Yeah, the two are not the same, basically. Like, you can be undeserving of your platform and still be deserving of grace and deserving of understanding. And I think we definitely need to start giving people more of that. Because I also, like, I'm also not here for the, like, everybody trash this person on the internet once something bad happens. Because it's just, like, 
at the end of the day, there are people, and, like, it cannot, it cannot, cannot, cannot be good to have, like, the terrible thing you did just, like, plastered on the internet. Yeah, yeah. and, like, uh, and the way, not to, like, tone police people, because I think people's, especially to racially charged events, people's, like, reactions are valid, honestly, and if you feel like you need to, like, cuss out the internet because somebody you, like, supported or somebody was being racist, like, whatever, um, but my thing is just, like, just know that that isn't achieving the end <laughs> that you want, and so, I don't know, I think that the issue really comes in where we, like, get these things confused and we think this, like, internet canceling transfers over to, like, actual real life like self-reflection and accountability and it doesn't i think sometimes it can lead to that but like yeah a lot of times yeah just an example tori lanes i almost called him too short because he's so small but um (laughs) tori too short yeah tori lanes still has his platform still is like uh, being allowed to go on live and like talk all this stuff and has all these fans sending threat death threats to megan the stallion after like he literally shot her and like people are talking about him on the internet non-stop and it's not taking away his platform if anything his streams are going up higher and like i kind of like what kaylani did when she took him off her track so like yeah you might be getting money from somewhere else but it won't be me yeah exactly yeah i definitely agree with that some people just don't deserve a platform after some things um and even like and i'm gonna think never even like regain that platform but like i don't it's like holding both these things in like tension that like there are consequences mm-hmm. for what you said and all those things but yeah. there's also grace and yeah. like those can be like fully true at the same yep. time Yep. So, what does it look like to, like, hold people accountable to, like, Nigeria's point, but also, like, leave room for grace and growth and redemption? And then another point that I wanted to make, so, one of my favorites is Tamara Mori, and she's been canceled up to times on the internet, right? But my concern is that when cancel culture also turns into bullying, because mm-hmm. some of the things that they say on the internet about her, like, Recently, like, she wasn't at her family's Christmas because of COVID. And then, like, they made jokes about it saying she wasn't black. And you're just like, this is literally bullying. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing, like, I just don't mess with at all. One of my, like, biggest, like, annoyances is that people really, like, we've sat in classes in middle school, in high school, about how bullying is so harmful. And just because we're out of school doesn't mean it's no longer, like, harmful. And you bullying celebrities on the internet isn't validated because you didn't like what they said a couple weeks ago so i think that's just another layer of cancel culture people start to be bullied and like we know what happens when people get insanely bullied like yes these are adults but these are still people mm-hmm. we just have to remember that and how we speak to people even through the internet yeah yeah i agree because they are still like that's exactly that is exactly my point like they're still consuming this stuff and like reading it about yourself is not is just as harmful as like somebody sitting in your face and like screaming it at you and i don't know it's almost worse though because like it's millions of people literally yeah millions of people and so i i totally agree and another thing that we were just talking about today that kind of reminded me of this like bullying people also will get the uh gall enough to be racist (laughs) sometimes when they feel like they have like they have the 
what authority to because this person like the example I'll use we were talking about Candace Owens and this girl was talking about how all of these people listen all of these people I'm not I do never I never want to defend Candace Owens okay but like all of these people namely white leftists were coming at Candace Owens calling her like a coon and stuff which like which <laughs> like I'm not saying she's not but y'all cannot say but that but they can't say that and so it's just it also I think cancel culture as it as we know it it also gives people this like not real sense of authority or like sense of what am I trying to say? Like, authority. Yeah, yeah. We're like, they, yeah, they're above, like, whatever ridicule because this person is, like, objectively worse. It's like, no, you're still racist. Like, she's still black and yeah. you're still racist. She sucks, but, like, you're still racist. Yeah, that reminds me of a tweet um, this man posted about Kamala. And it was like, something Kamala didn't pass. I don't know what it was. And this guy goes, but it's protect black women, right? This white guy goes and says that, and we're like, yes. Like, you have a million reasons to criticize her. Criticize her as much as you want, as long as it's valid. But, like, we're not about to let your racism pass because you don't like what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely I definitely agree with Alex that, like, cancel culture, or, like, that veil of canceling someone can, like, really give people this idea that they can like just go at them they can bully them or they can be racist or they can be openly whatever and like use these like, use their identities against them and like that's just never cool like attack them on the substance of what they did and if you can't then you probably don't have a reason to be attacking them yeah. <laughs> or you probably don't have a reason to be like talking about what they were doing in the first place um i don't know i just i hate that which also kind of what we were talking about this brings me into um, this thing that Obama said where I remember a whole bunch of people were mad about this because, look, again, Obama says some stuff that just makes me mad too. <laughs> Don't worry. But he was like, he was in this interview and he was talking about how online cancel culture and like tweeting and Instagramming stuff is not activism and like all these people kind of lost it with him. And I, to an extent, it did sound out of touch, right? Because there's, like, a whole generation of people, whole two generations of people who are online and have online presences and footprints more so than people in his generation did. And so, to a certain extent, like, there are these communities that, like, grow and form online that do blossom into activism. But I think his point being, like, this, what you're doing on the internet is not activism. When it moves into real, like, the real world... Or, for example, when it moves into accountability, that's when it's activism. Like, that's when you're actually achieving something. Yeah, and I feel that to a degree, but also, like, a lot of people have platforms on the internet, have thousands of followers, sometimes tens of thousands of followers, and that might feel like activism to him, like, to them. Like, Obama's old. No shade to Obama. He is kind of old. But activism in his generation does not necessarily translate to what activism is in our generation. Like, yeah, it might be one face of it, but, like, there's also power in online activism, which we saw during the protests and stuff. Like, people posting videos. So, but that's exactly happened. my point, though. That's exactly my point. That went from online to in-person. My oh, point... And it went, I'm saying it went from in-person to online. Well, people... I mean, well, yeah, that's people using it. Are you talking about, like, people posting stuff that happened at the protest? Yeah. 
Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I get that, but also that was because of in-person activism, though. Like, okay, again, it, I feel like all online activism has to be tied to something in person. To the same accord, I feel like if we're going to be canceling somebody online, we need to be holding, we yeah. need, there needs to be some semblance of actual accountability because flooding this person's mentions saying, like, in Candace Owens' case, she's a coon, or, <laughs> or saying Remember Rachel that, Roy and they, the beehive just supposed to bees? <laughs> <laughs> or saying that, like, Tamara Mallory isn't black like these these things are not actually achieving anything if you want to if you want to actually talk about the substance of what you're mad about then do that yeah or like Chris Brown for example or Kanye West we don't like I don't like what he says so well I'm not even gonna lie I still stream him but I stream him a lot less than (laughs) what I used to stream him like that's (laughs) that is my accountability Look, Kanye West is where every single one of my friends like loses their gangster. They're like, I've I haven't heard it, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Who is Kanye West? I don't know. He's just a singer. I haven't heard anything else about him. <laughs> a slave by choice. <laughs> Kanye West like stops developing at posts like twenty fifteen for people. Yeah. After that, it's just musics. Well, Alex, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciated you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I, I enjoyed this conversation. We loved your point of view. Yeah, honestly, I feel like I feel like I had a we were able to have a more nuanced conversation because I definitely came into it like not with a different point of view, but now I just have a more nuanced point of view. Yeah, like I think cancel culture and accountability have to coexist instead of one versus the other or one means the other. But yeah, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Like Jaria said, it's been great. And if you have any ideas for a user-submitted topic, again, we're going to keep shamelessly plugging this, (laughs) Uh, hit up our Instagram at bgppod or our Twitter at bgppodcast, or you can email us if you really want to at blackgirlpoliticspodcast at gmail.com. So you know we couldn't leave y'all with nothing to do after the podcast, so today we want y'all to help feed food insecure folks in Atlanta healthy meals. This pandemic has been hard in so many ways. People have lost jobs, family members, mental health has gone down, as we talked about today, and people need help getting basic needs like food. And that's where you guys come in. So at this is the wellness page on instagram has a goal of providing fresh healthy plant-based food to houseless people in atlanta georgia you can donate now through january 5th by cash shopping dollar sign wellness page or venmoing malika dash walker that's m-a-l-e-k-a dash w-a-l-k-e-r or visit their page for more information and to share it with your friends. Thanks, y'all. Thank you for listening to Black Girl Politics Podcast. If you have any topic suggestions and want to stay updated with our new content, you can find us at BGP Pod on Instagram, at BGP Podcast on Twitter, and Black Girl Politics Podcast on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, share, and download. Bye. Written and directed by Jada Cunningham and Nigeria Boone. Produced by Jackson Abe. Music by Adobe Stock.